0: This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast.
1: Episode number 44. In this episode, moms share part one of their interview with Mary Beth Bucklaw, the inappropriate homeschooler and part of the National Alliance of Secular Homeschoolers talk about what they've been to so far this summer. where's my mom, mom, Honey, mom, where's my glasses?
0: have a drink? Why is a dog wearing a tutu?
1: Where are my shoes?
0: Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? Mom, I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And Here's the sappy old What's the time for this week to skip to the end of our chat channel? 30 minutes, 29 seconds. And what have you guys been up to since we last
1: recorded? Yeah, let's see. Um, we did the Rocket Day at uh, ERCLC. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, they did just like they did last year. Was it last year? It was the same school year, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no,
0: it was last year.
1: Was it last school year?
0: Yeah,
1: oh, I think so. Anyway. Yeah, they had... Uh, um, is that compressed air I think is, is that what the rockets are yes they are it's, it's shot off with compressed air and man those puppies go up high <laughs> yes they do and uh and we um you know the kids made their own rockets little paper rockets and that was fun and I, I say so you you said you helped set it all up and then I was like over there finished as the kids came back for more so I spent the whole rest of it like you got the whole first half and I got the second half <laughs> Because I was over there with the hot glue gun. Everybody's coming over asking for more rockets. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I'm never going to
0: get any more pictures. (laughs) Yeah, I hardly got any pictures at all. Well, I was um, recovering from a migraine that I had like like three days I had had migraines. And I was like, the kids are not going to miss rocket day. (laughs) Yeah,
1: really, huh? So and the we, 3D printer was really awesome, too. There there were so many. When I first arrived, I was like, oh, there's not very many people. And then I went in the room with the 3D printer. I'm like, oh, there's where they all are.
0: Exactly, exactly. Everybody
1: was in there. And it was another hot day. It was probably 100 that day, I'm sure. Yeah. Or more. And uh, and then let's see what else. Uh, we My kids went to a laser tag birthday party with their dad so that you and I could do our interview with the inappropriate homeschooler about the national what is it national association no national alliance of secular 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 homeschoolers yeah that's it anyway that's our interview for today so you guys will be hearing that soon um and so that was really cool they they came back talking all about of course tira now wants a laser birthday party and it's expensive so i don't think that's going to be happening it's like eight bucks a kid for one game and they did two Oof. So, and I'm like, that's just for the entertainment because you still have to do cake and ice cream and, you know, decorations and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, maybe you don't have to do that much when you're at another location like that. And then there's an extra fee for the room and there's, an- I'm like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'm tempted because it I means somebody else takes care of it, but I really don't like the price. And I actually like doing my kids' parties, so I don't mind doing it here. Um, and uh, let's see what else. The kids are having fun with the Minecraft homeschool summer camp. Twelve mm-hmm. weeks of Minecraft fun. They're not um, grading. Maven was asking me about this. They're not grading um them this time are they for this yes
0: and no um they were uh they were going to grade some of the work
1: oh okay. um
0: and so some of the work i guess is getting graded and some is not but it's they're grading it more to uh test the new system that they're using oh, yeah. as opposed to actually generating a grade that you know so, so they usually give them like uh you know a eight out of ten or whatever yeah because danny got grades for her build last week um
1: well, maybe i just haven't seen have you been getting emails because i don't think i've gotten a single email in the last like week um
0: i don't think i've been getting I emails it. i think i've been reading it on the facebook page okay, because i follow probably. their facebook page
1: yeah i'm on there but i don't think i've looked at it so yeah i have to check into it but anyway maven was like i real, i'm just really curious what my you know what i would have what i would have gotten as you know because she wasn't sure whether it was going to be, be graded she wanted to know what kind of points she got you know what they thought of her build because she's very proud of her build she keeps going around going these
0: people are not following the instructions. Oh, I know Danielle too. She's like they're just building stuff. That that doesn't look anything like the Grand Canyon. I know. She gets very upset
1: that I people know. are. Yeah, maybe too. She's just so disgusted because the instructions are to build it so that it blends in and it, you, that you still keep the pristineness of the Grand Canyon. So exactly. Um, and so for people who don't know about Minecraft homeschool, the kids are learning the historical. I think they were learning about the whatever the peoples were that lived in the walls of the Grand Canyon, I guess? Yes. They were learning about ancient peoples, and then they learned well, <laughs> the actual building of the homes inside is, is obviously not, <laughs> it's not, they're not making pueblos, they're making it inside, but um, but yeah, so then they go and they build. They, I think Maven said that she thought that this Grand Canyon was not gener- originally she thought it was generated by the game, but she said no, it's not, that it was because of the way that the blocks are or something that um, you can tell that it was not, that they actually built that Grand Canyon.
0: Yeah, I think they're building all of the the uh, things that that yeah. they're going to be exploring—that's
1: crazy. So they're not just using like something randomly generated um, ecosystem or whatever. What do they call them? biome? No. Um, but uh, yeah. So and then they were supposed to build inside and have like a hidden door. They taught them how to build a hidden door so that you can, you you can. Uh, um, you know, make it so that you can still see how beautiful the Grand Canyon is. But holy cow, the kids have got stuff everywhere, and Maven's just like, "That's not hidden." Yep, Danielle <laughs> I, is feeling the same way. Yeah, and then and then she was all disgusted with the with the reefs too because it's not it's not.
0: You know, she's like, "What is all this stuff that people are
1: building around?"
0: Yeah, Danielle was like, "Somebody's got a horse in their bu- in their barrier reef. You can't have a horse in the bar, even because if- the barrier reef makes the air bubble. You know, when you yeah. go in and put the sponges in, right. and so um, I guess somebody somehow, or I guess they must have spawned a horse down there because you couldn't bring a horse down there. Yeah, how would, would you? <laughs> You'd have to spawn a horse down yeah. there. And Danielle was very upset that somebody had a horse <laughs> in their like little reef build, and I, okay. I I I can understand. But I told Danielle, I said, "You just have to." relax let people do what they're going to do you do what you do and don't worry about all of the rest of them
1: yeah that's what i've been telling maven too i'm just like don't worry about it i mean i I think she would enjoy it more if people would follow the rules just because it makes for a really neat environment if everything looks really cool you know absolutely But, but you know this is what you got. And yeah, I, I keep reminding her too. You got to remember, there's also a lot of little kids playing right. and
0: some of them might not have parents that help them figure out what they're supposed to be doing. So, Exactly. Well, I had a hard time helping Danielle with it because I guess I missed that there was a video on how you make the air bubble. Oh, <laughs> and so we couldn't figure out how to make the air bubble and, and I'm useless. I don't know how to play Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I keep thinking I,
1: I got to get in there and learn how to play because it's, it does look like a fun game, but I just don't have time. I'm. <laughs> so yeah, so they're doing that, and um, let's see. Then um, tiernan has been watching a lot of videos, but he's, you know, he's still. I'm giving him time when he watches educational videos, still. So yeah. like, that's cool because that way he's not just watching trashy Scooby Doo or whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> not, no, no redeemable value. Not that I want him, not that I expect him to always watch educational programs, but it's just a bonus if he's gonna be sitting in front of the TV, he might as well be learning something, you right, know? Right. So uh, he's like. You know he'll watch a certain. I get tell him after a certain number of episodes he gets an hour on the computer. So he watched, and Maven actually sat through most of it as well. The entire Magic School Bus series, which I just learned was four seasons. So it's like I don't know six fifty. I think it's like fifty three episodes or fifty two episodes, something like that. And um, so that was really cool because they actually, those shows are packed with information. Those yes. are they're just like an amazing science show. So I was really ha- happy that he watched that.
0: Well, you know, you said that uh, that Taryn had watched all of the episodes of the Magic School Bus, but I just read that Netflix has bought the rights to make new episodes. So that's Net- so cool. Netflix has ordered twenty-six new episodes of Magic School Bus. Now the difference is going to be it's now going to be uh, CG Magic oh, yeah. School Bus oh, instead I was gonna of say it's
1: probably going to be a better better quality cartoon.
0: Yeah, instead of the you know the hand drawn. But right. um, yeah, we're going to have twenty-six. New episodes of the Magic School Bus. I don't know exactly when. I'm quickly trying to scroll through this article to see if there's a an expected date, but the, and there is not. But um, yay, twenty six new episodes. Yeah.
1: I wonder if they're going to get the same Miss Frizzle because she's my favorite.
0: It, it definitely <laughs> well, has
1: Miss Frizzle, but it, they don't. Well, I know, but I mean the voice, the same voice because I like her voice. I'm trying to remember who the actress is that plays her, but anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's such a good show. I love that show so much. So uh, th- there probably are more books I would imagine than there are episodes of the series, right? I mean, I don't know how many books there are, but I don't know. I have like twenty of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's fifty-two episodes of the origin I mean, of the yeah, you know, the original cartoon series you'd think there's probably that because there's usually a book that goes with every episode right so i'm wondering are are they going to author more books then because that would be cool too that would be
0: cool too you're
1: right yeah i don't even know if there's 53 i I'm gonna have to look that up (laughs) go to to amazon and see how many magic schools i'm looking right now i'll let you know in a second okay (laughs) anyway so and then and then the other series that he started watching is um postcards from buster and that's um for those who don't know, that's a spinoff from the Arthur series, which I don't really like. I've never really liked the Arthur series that much, but Postcards from Buster is really cute because it's Buster the bunny, and his um, parents are divorced, and his dad is a pilot, and pilots this small plane um, around the U.S. and territories um, with a a band, like a music band, and so they get to go all over the U.S. and you get to, they go up to Alaska and they meet. Um, they, they talk about the term Eskimo and how it's inaccurate, and they talk about, uh, what's the term? I can't remember now. What's the natives in Alaska? Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it starts with an I, doesn't it? No, wait. Inuit? Uh. Inuit. That's it. Thank you. Actually, <laughs> a complete blank there for a second. Um, yeah. So the they talk about the Inuit and they actually make an igloo because they I, they actually talk about the historical significance and the you know the reason why they do all that and it's really really good. Um, and they even have like schools, which made me think kind of like how you were talking about when you were growing up, the Native American uh, program that you had. They have like an entire school that's just Native kids. Yeah. That they talk about up there. Um, of course, granted, they're out in the middle of nowhere, so right there, it's little, probably
0: probably very different. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were a little tiny class at yeah. a, a, a mostly white school, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um,
1: but anyway, it's a really good show, and they go all over the U.S. And you know, I think probably most kids don't really think about the fact that there's all kinds of cultures within our culture. You know, so. right so you get to like I and mean, they have like you know armenian family and they go to they go to a section of i remember one episode where they went to i think it was new york city and they went to little italy and um it's just like i mean you're just completely engulfed in that it's like you're in another country sometimes in certain parts of the country you know so it's really it's really cool so yeah. and just to see and they're american too <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so, yeah that's what's so cool about that show so anyway so he's
0: he's watching a lot of those and uh, um 109 109- Holy magic school bus books across several different styles. There's chapter books and then original series books. There's actually even books just about Liz, (laughs) but 109 to pull from then, I guess. (laughs) Yes. And I need to pause for a moment because my son is poking me. Okay. Okay. I'm back. (laughs) He is neither bleeding nor on fire. So we're moving on.
1: (laughs) And then another thing that's happened recently is that I've learned a whole new uh, style of music that I didn't even know existed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I saw this video on YouTube and I'm putting the link. Actually, I'll probably embed the video in the um show notes um of this kid dancing to this song this music and i was i was thinking swing i'm thinking like you know cherry pop daddy's music kind of swing but it was different you know i couldn't figure out what was different about it and so i googled it and found out it's electro swing i had never even heard of that you probably knew all about that right i
0: i have been listening to electro swing i sent you some links didn't i yeah probably (laughs) <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh, you
1: you sent me some links to some other bands. Yeah, and I, I really like them too when I added them to my Spotify. Yes. But I didn't even know it existed and 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 then I was like searching on YouTube for more videos cuz it's this kid who's probably I don't know what like 16 maybe in this video who's doing this special kind of sw- it's not really sweet it's kind of like a jazz it's kind of almost charleston like with his feet and anyway you have to see the video (laughs) i can't do it we do it with his ankles and his heels and his toes Uh, i can't do it It it's like makes me dizzy looking at like oh, i wish i could dance like that (laughs) but it's like fancy but um Anyway, and uh, and then and then of course YouTube shows you all kinds of other videos related to it, and there's all these other kids doing the same kind of dancing to the same kind of music. I'm like, this must be a thing that I, I'm yeah. not up with teenagers. Why would I know anything about this? Of course, <laughs> but um, but I like the music a lot, and I and I, I added it to um, Spotify. It it was um, Par, Par of Stellar is the band that he was dancing to. The original video that I saw, and then I found other bands like him, and I added them to Pandora. So I, like under that band to pandora so i get all kinds of other groups and uh so yeah my, i got a new kind of mu- music that
0: i like apparently yep the, yep, the correspondence i've been listening to yes. them for a while now love the correspondence ah. and um, i just discovered at the last steampunk meeting um post-modern jukebox oh, and they cool. they do like swing covers of modern songs
1: Yeah, I like how they – I really like – well, this is what I really was struck by today when I was watching some of these videos today because as I was adding it to the show notes, I had to go watch some more videos, of course. Of course. I'm like, this is so cool that these kids are so into all this retro stuff. I mean, there's like – there was a, one of the websites that I ended up going to had the um, the Bugle Boy, that Bugle Boy song. I can't remember yeah. what it goes Boogie woogie Bugle Boy. Yeah, Boogie, Boogie Boy, Boogie, Boogie, that one. And I was like, this is old stuff, and these kids are liking it. This is really, you know, they put a little bit of a twist to it, put a little techno twist into it. And it, and they, they haven't ruined the original song either. It, it's like enhanced it. It's really cool. I like yeah. it. So um, I just thought that was so cool. And the way they're dressed. You see how sharp these kids are dressed in these I kids? know. So like in their, you know, their... I don't even know what that clothes is called. I'm thinking Zoot Suit. It's not a suit Suit, is it? Uh, no. Well, maybe. Kind of. Some of them are. But, anyway. yeah. but, you
0: know, dressy clothes.
1: like Not like with the pants hanging down to their knees. Right. <laughs> I would much
0: rather have my kids dress that way than I know. have their pants hanging down to their knees. I know.
1: I was looking at the videos going, I hope Tyrion dresses like that when he gets older because that's <laughs> cool with the hat and everything. Oh, yeah. It was very, very sharp. So anyway, uh let's see what else. Um so I did start my great summer purge and clean and I did fabulous for the first week. Yay. I kicked butt, my kitchen was spotless. For about a day or so. (laughs) No, it's actually still looking pretty good. And I've been keeping up with it for the most part. But I just feel good because it got that deep clean in there. And then I found out everything kind of got thrown off because we had our big pickup. I finished the week, the the allotted week for my great purge and clean on a Friday. And I start Saturday starts my next week. And I was going to start, I think, the living room. And then I decided not to because I realized that Saturday and Sunday I needed to do dragging all the junk out to the curb because the big pickup was that following Tuesday. So that threw off my whole weekend. So I'm like, well, let me just switch out and put my yard work this week. Well, that was kind of stupid because it's been over a hundred like the entire, well, most of the week. So, so I have, I was out there one day on the shed. I, I got out there over the weekend and I pulled a whole bunch of stuff out of the shed and put it out to the curb for a big pickup. And I have not been outside since (laughs) (laughs) because that was Sunday. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no great purging clean for me because it was too hot. Oh, my gosh. It's been so hot. Um, 100. What was it? I think the day that we went to Monterey, it was 100. And somebody said 116 here on Monday.
0: Oh, I don't know that it was, 100 it was at and least six.
1: 110, I think.
0: I don't know, honestly, but it was, uh,
1: I, I stayed inside. I, I did yeah. not step outside, so. Yeah, well, in those days, nobody nobody enjoys going out. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so my, this week have gotten off track, but I'm going to be back on track again, um, starting tomorrow, actually. I believe I'm going to be starting the living room tomorrow, so I haven't looked at my notes recently, but anyway, I haven't, I haven't, um. I haven't completely gotten off track. I just... And, and actually, this week, I had so much client work to try and catch up on because I had focused so much on the kitchen last week that um, that I had to catch up on client work. So, that was another thing that I was doing was trying to catch up on stuff. And I did pretty good on that. I'm still... It just seems to keep piling on. Yeah. <laughs> but they keep emailing me with more and I'm like, I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll get there. But anyway, so... Yeah. So, the Purge and Clean is... It's coming along slowly but surely. Um we went as I said we went to the Monterey Bay, Monterey Bay Aquarium on Monday. That was so fun. Oh my god. Fun? Yeah, and at the, like the last minute like a day or couple of days before um Lydia mess and friend of mutual friend of Becky's and mine. Um uh messaged me on Facebook and asked if they could carpool with us because her husband wasn't going to be able to go and she didn't want to drive. So I was like, yeah, so we ended up having a blast. Fun. <laughs> very, very cool. We, In fact, we were other friends there too, but we didn't end up hanging out with them. I know um, Arwen's family was there as well. Maybe it was sad that we didn't. We just, For some reason, we just kind of went our own way. So. But that's okay. We had fun. And uh, on the way home, we had a blowout. <laughs> Oh no. So, yay. <laughs> Excitement for the day after a fabulous day at the aquarium and seventy degrees down there when it was over a hundred here. It was whatever hundred, ten or whatever. And um so yeah, it was like um that wasn't a very good ending to a fabulous day. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily it was a back tire, so we didn't lose control or anything. But poor Adam's out there changing the tire in the on a, a dark on the one fifty two, which is very dark. Oh yeah. <laughs> two lane freeway. Um or it's not really. I guess it is technically a freeway, but anyway, it's out in the boonies in, in ag land, and uh, and there's cars coming up super fast because they just go so fast on there. And he's trying to in. You know, it's not the side of the road that's away from traffic. Of course, it's the side of the road that's. And then the 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 road goes down like really steep, so we couldn't even pull off that far. Or else we were afraid we were going to be able to get back on. Yeah. So, yeah. And poor Tyrion got eaten alive because they were. St- we made the kids down at the bottom of the hill. And um, mosquitoes. And he's allergic to mosquito bites. So, he swells Aww. up like you would believe. So, yeah. At least this time his eye didn't swell shut. Well, that's good. <laughs> he got one on his forehead and his, it swelled up a little bit. But last time he got one really close to his eyebrow. And his whole forehead swelled up so big and his eye swelled shut. It was bad. So this Aww. time, this time it wasn't quite so bad. But he had probably about ten or twelve bites all over his body, and I didn't realize till the next day when I saw how big they were. Oh, yeah, poor kid. I need to get him something to be able to put topically on there because I don't really have anything. But um, and maybe have some Benadryl on hand or something.
0: Yeah, or like Caladryl.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would work too. So anyway, let's see. And then we had um, this week, that was Monday. And then on Wednesday, I think it was, we had a swim play date at a friend's ho- another friend's house, which was really fun because there was a bunch of our school friends there. Um, we had There was probably four or five families that went. It was pretty cool. Cool. And uh, that was really fun. She has an amazing backyard, and the kids had a blast in the water. And I got all kinds of really cool pictures of the kids jumping off the diving board. They have one of those old-fashioned, really tall diving – not a high dive, but like, you know, normal – the ones that they don't allow you to install
0: anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the Shh, don't tell anyone.
1: I know. Uh, <laughs> and I took I a picture of Maven midair. And so then I had to take pictures of all the kids jumping midair. And it was really cool. I have to post them still. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was really fun. And then uh, let's see what else. Um, the kids are still doing their math. Um, we're, we're on a... On hold, you know, we take, we take summer break, but I told them they need to finish their math books still because we hadn't completed that. So they're still doing their math mammoth, and they're doing pretty good. They get, they get off track for a couple of days, and then they get back on track, and they do pretty good for a couple of days. So as long as we keep moving forward, I'm happy. So uh, Maven has a lot more to get through than Tyrion because her book's longer. But um, Tyrion's been trucking along because he's just been so motivated to play. He found a new game, Amazing World. That um oh yeah Jack plays on that now too doesn't he yeah did we get Jack yeah Jack got an account too yeah that's a cute game so he wants to play that all the time and now he's wanting to go back to Minecraft so he's he's motivated to do the work so <laughs> that's been good he's been he's been getting his getting his work done pretty good and Maven not so much but then she'll she'll all of a sudden like do like three pages in a row you know so yeah as long as she keeps doing that we're doing good so we'll see how it goes cool. so what have you guys been up to this so far this
0: summer (laughs) well we have taken the the last two weeks off Mm -hmm. um we haven't been doing uh, well jack has been doing his fast forward that's just because it's a 12-week program and we can't like not do (laughs) like we can't take two weeks off of that because it's a a set 12-week program but um and he's been doing his speech and his um, occupational therapy but that's it nothing else um school related um for the last two weeks Mm -hmm. um but i have been getting prepared for starting our summer learning um, so, uh, my plan for summer is the kids are going to be doing the Minecraft homeschool summer camp, um, like we discussed um, earlier. And um, Danny is going to be finishing up her sixth grade math book. We um, are almost done with it, and um, I'm excited that she's going to be starting seventh grade with the seventh grade math book, assuming yeah. that Math Mammoth gets the seventh grade she math. Says book. it's supposed to be out in August. I know, and my fingers are crossed <laughs> <laughs> that we will be able to get that. Yeah, because I'm really not in the mood to change gears on math. We really like Math Mammoth yes, a lot, and and true. I don't want to have to change. Um, and then, um. Oh, she's also finishing up a science project that um, she didn't quite get done before the school year was over. And I just I feel like we can't stop in the middle of it. You know, Um, she's like on Pluto and not Pluto. What (laughs) am I thinking? She's not on Pluto, then she'd be done. She's like on Saturn or something. And we're we're doing a one planet a day kind of thing and making a lap book out of it. So um, I want that to get finished up and then Jack Jack has a new reading program in addition to the fast forward that he's going to be starting called all about reading um and i'm excited about that um i was blessed that i won the um all about reading program from um hip home school moms oh, cool. yeah and um I I just kind of entered on a whim and wasn't really, because I had seen the um, All About Reading, they also have All About Spelling, it's from All About Learning Press, and um, I thought that's really neat and whatever, and then I saw there was a giveaway for it, so I just entered it, and then I got it, and I was talking to Mary Ellen, um, one of our um, teachers at Eleanor Roosevelt, and it turns out it is Uh, Orton-Gilliam, it uses the Orton-Gilliam system, which is what they want jack to be using for learning huh. reading and it's actually really really awesome um cool. so i got it it took me like two hours to get everything prepped to be able to because you have to like stick magnets on the back of letters and stuff but i got it all done i'm already we're set to start on monday cool. so i'm super excited about that and, um, Jack got extended school year services. So we will be braving the heat twice a week to go to speech oh. and occupational therapy all summer. Uh-huh. What, and part of me is like, oh, goodness, really. <laughs> but part of me is also really super happy about it because, um, he does, I, I have seen him lose skills from just not, not reinforcing them each week. And whereas I, I do do the things at home, I, I'm, he doesn't perform as well for me as he does for for them you know he'll work hard for miss courtney and he'll give up after five minutes for me yeah (laughs) and um you know like tyler sends home speech there you know homework with him all the time and and he fights me on it but he'll do it for tyler no problem so um we just wanted to make sure that he didn't lose any of these skills that he's been gaining and so, and while it is going to be a pain to go and drive in the afternoons on Thursdays and Fridays, Ugh. yeah. yeah. Well, we should have to get up early. That's true. I don't know what's worse heat or waking up early. But I know, I know. what's worse for getting Jack to work. If I, if I took him earlier in the day, he wouldn't work. Oh, He's just yeah. not a morning person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I think it's important. Yeah, so. oh, definitely. Yep. So I'm thankful to the school that they approved that and we're going to be able to do that. And let's see. Oh, my mom came to visit. Oh, yeah. Uh, My mom lives up in the Bay Area, and um, every once in a while she gets herself on the Amtrak and comes down to visit us. And um, we had a nice visit with her. We dragged her to Rocket Day at the school. Yeah. <laughs> where unfortunately, because I ended up volunteering and helping out and, and all of this kind of stuff, I ended up kind of abandoning her under a tree <laughs> with um with Lydia's mom.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> that must have been interesting.
0: Yeah. So the two of them sat and talked and that cool. and everything. So I mean, she sounded like she had a good time, and um you know I I warned her too when she was coming down. I was like you know Wednesday is rocket day at the kids school and I don't I mean I've had a migraine for three days but I am not missing rocket day it's a big deal (laughs) and um, and she was like no that's fine I'll go and a few people there already knew who she was and everything so you know people were nice to her and she enjoyed it and she had fun watching the kids launching their rockets and she was interested in the 3D printers and everything and Uh, The 3D printers were really awesome. I had a hard time staying in that room because of the flickery lights. Mm -hmm. And the fact, did you notice it smelled like antifreeze in there? No, I
1: don't know what antifreeze smells like though. It's a
0: really sticky, sweet smell. Um, I guess it's because the stuff the 3D printer uses is made out of corn. Like the base of it is corn. And so when it heats up to print... (laughs) it puts off this horrible sticky sweet smell Mm -hmm. so I didn't get to stay in there very long but I I was it was cool I got to see I got to see Maven's castle printing and I got to see um I don't know if it was Sophia or if it was Allison's sheep
1: oh yeah it it was it was one of their
0: (laughs) one of them were were printing a sheep and stuff that was pretty awesome I kind of want a 3d printer now (laughs) I don't know what I would do with it oh I we were discussing um my oldest son plays um Warhammer and I remember him buying these little intricate figures and painting them and, and making them very personalized. And I was thinking, how cool would it be? Like if you played D&D or if you played Car Wars or, you know, any of those, yeah. you know, paper and dice games where you have figures. If you could make little figures on the 3D printer and they yeah. would look just like you wanted them to. That would be cool. I was thinking that would be a really awesome uh, and cool use of a 3D printer. Yeah. I don't know if it would be worth it to buy it just for that. pretty pricey <laughs>
1: still, aren't it?
0: Yeah, a couple hundred bucks.
1: Give it a 5 or 10 years, they won't be uh they'll be cheaper.
0: Yeah. Um um maker uh or yeah, maker like maker fair. Uh-huh. They they have a 3D printer that's pretty reasonably priced, but it's still, you know, horrifically expensive just to make D&D characters out of. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> And that's really about it for us. We have just spent the last few weeks hiding in the house from the heat. And (laughs) I was migrainey for a lot of that period of time. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was the time of the year when it's
1: the heat is particularly bad just because, first of all, we haven't had the heat for that long yet. So our bodies aren't totally used to it. And second of all, there's so much time still. It's like, it's not going to be over until October. Yeah, It's it's hot in May and it doesn't stop being hot until October. So, just like those of you who are stuck out in the winters in Maine or whenever there where you have five, six months of cold, we have that for heat here and it's
0: horrible. It really is. And it's, it's doubly compounded by the fact that right now the olive trees are, you know, putting off all this pollen and um, Jack and I are both allergic to olive. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, you know, you go out, it's oppressively hot and your nose itches and your eyes are swelling up. <laughs> it's just awful. Yeah, ugh. I was
1: supposed to go to the library today and I just never got out of the house and I just I, drag my head, feet all the time.
0: I have the same problem. I have overdue library books. You know yep. how much I hate having overdue library books. I know. It stresses me out and I just can't get my butt out there to the van to take know. To the, <laughs> the library. I know, I'm like, well, let's see. In 20 minutes, they
1: close. I'm not going to make it today. <laughs> Actually, no, wait, it's Friday. They closed at five. Never mind. (laughs) I always, I don't know why they close so early on Fridays. It's just so wrong, (laughs) but they'll be open tomorrow. So I guess I can go tomorrow. Yay. So now's the time when we want to give some time to our sponsor. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects and activities, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the
0: coupon code Moms for free shipping on your next order. And now we'd like to present part one of our interview with Mary Beth Buckroth. So we're welcoming Mary Beth Buckroth today to the show. Mary Beth is a homeschooling mom of one, blogger, and founder of the National Alliance of Secular Homeschoolers, also known as NASH. NASH's inaugural secular homeschooling conference is set to happen in Atlanta, Georgia, in September of this year. Complete information can be found at nationalallianceofsecularhomeschoolers.com. When Mary Beth is not homeschooling, you can find her on her blog, The Inappropriate Homeschooler, at theinappropriatehomeschooler. Dot blogspot.com. And both of these links will be able to be found on the show notes at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash
2: 44.
1: Yep. So welcome, Mary Beth. Welcome. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I, I can't tell you how um, really, truly delighted I am to be here, especially um, as quickly as I am, considering that it's only been in the last month or so that I was, you know, starting to tell people that you will having, the opportunity to be interviewed by you all was on my bucket list yeah. <laughs> of things that I wanted to have done in my life. And it basically was you all and then Ted talks. So <laughs> I want wow. the opportunity to yeah, provide a Ted talk, which is just, I mean, that's just one of those things because I think it's the coolest thing ever that was invented that we have these Ted talks. And and oh, yeah. that's basically uh, in a lot of ways, that's how I found you was at our local, uh, our local homeschool group. Um, Again, for those who don't know, I'm I'm not the most savvy of technical people. <laughs> Technology and I have a hate-hate relationship most days. But um, a group of moms at the local watering hole, so to speak, were having conversations about their favorite podcasts. And of course, oh. and of course, I'm in the corner going, "What's a podcast?" You know, <laughs> because I'm not that I'm not that mom, and I did not yet have my. Um, Uh, iPad. See, I I even forget what it's called because I'm so, so not that person. I didn't have my iPad yet. So, you know, when they were saying, Oh, you know, it's, it's this thing. And they explained it all to me. And I was like a two year old nodding and just looking for my cookie. Um, but when, and, and so savvy homeschool moms was one of the couple of the moms there, you know, you, you, have fans in my local group. They were talking about wow. your show. And I was like, well, how do I, how do I do this? How do I listen? And then they told me how, and I said, that sounds too complicated for my abilities. And I don't, <laughs> I said, I don't have an iPod or iPad. I don't know, whatever it is I needed. I didn't have. And then I got one. Um, my husband was kind enough to provide one for me for um hmm, I don't know it was for for a celebration of some sort or just because I'm fabulous let's go with that answer and um and so I had a chance to you know like once I figured out how to navigate that <laughs> which took longer than I want to admit um I found you guys and I was like how cool is this I mean this is just freaking awesome I love this I want to be on the show you know kind of thing <laughs> and then it was I don't know maybe a month later that in passing I mentioned to one of my admins for the inappropriate homeschool group I said do any of you listen to Savvy Homeschool Moms I want to be on that show blah 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 and she said she goes you know Mary Beth um, one of the Savvy Moms is, a, is in our group <laughs> and I can't tell you what uh, my response was because I know that I've been instructed that this is a family friendly show, but it was, it was real honest to God, or as I should say, honest to Darwin, exuberance. I was like, how do we get me on that show? And, and they were like, well, just ask. And I'm like, oh no, that's tacky. That's like finding out there's a party you haven't been invited to and you, yeah. you know, you angle for the invitation yourself, you know, and they're like, well, we'll ask for you or we'll mention it. So then I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try to be a little more slick than that. And of course, <laughs> as you all know, <laughs> yes. um, and that's how I, so that's how I learned about you guys. And, and the fact that I get to cross this off my bucket list, um, <laughs> It's just uh it is I'm so excited. I mean, I've never been I've never been interviewed like this before, and so I really appreciate you all having me on the show.
1: Oh yeah, Well, we're excited to uh to have you on. And uh I, that that actually answered my first question for you was how did you find out about this and you just answered it.
2: Oh, <laughs> that, that's I just, that's I'm helpful in so many ways. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, we're, we're off to a great start. Great star. Yay.
0: <laughs> a gold
2: star beginning. Excellent.
1: There
0: you go. So, tell us, who is the inappropriate homeschooler?
2: The inappropriate homeschooler, I don't want to say that it's a, I mean, I, I have her listed on, on Facebook as an entertainer, and I really I really <laughs> did that more as a CYA type of maneuver, mm-hmm, um, sure. so that people would, would not, you know, because people are easily offended, especially on the internet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And right. I, I... I really delight in that, and that's probably wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> of me. But <laughs> how I, inappropriate! How inappropriate you. <laughs> of me! And so I just um, I thought, wow, people. <laughs> and of course, there are things in life that are serious, and there are a few subject matters that you would never ever find me joking about. There's not many, but I mean, there's a there's a couple, there's a handful. You don't mess with kids and find me joking about that. You know that kind of thing. Um, but. My take on life is that 90% of the stuff that goes on is you can find some humor in it. And I usually do. And it's usually labeled as inappropriate. And it has been my whole it has been my whole life. I've always been the inappropriate woman in the room. No matter you know, no matter where I was, no matter what my other um business was so to speak that I was conducting you know I was always sort of the inappropriate one not that I didn't learn how to be a professional because I I mean I did I have a professional background I'm degreed and you know certified and I was licensed and you know I I have an FBI file but for all the right reasons and (laughs) (laughs) you know so but I'm not one that says what probably a lot of other folks in the room are thinking but don't have the either don't have the Cajones to say it, or they're full of more grace and dignity than I am, whichever the case <laughs> may be. And then you add in the fact that once I started homeschooling in a very, 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 have I stressed that enough? Very, <laughs> yeah. uh, religious community. Uh, and let's, and let's be clear, I want to make sure I'm clear, uh, a fundamental religious community, uh, you know, um, and, It just, you know, the the glaring inappropriateness was, you know, you couldn't shield that with sunglasses. And so, you know, once I found a little niche, which um, thank Darwin I did, you know, that I found uh, three or four or five other families that were secular and had started a little secular group. And I was able to not walk on eggshells, which I know a lot of people, especially if they were listening to this broadcast would think she ever walked on eggshells. <laughs> and I am the living embodiment of that Mimi that you see that says, if you think all the things I say are, you know, inappropriate, you should hear the stuff I don't say. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, right. I, I really, I think they wrote that for me. Um, but once I was able to sort of reconnect with myself and not, cause I've, li- I've lived in the middle Georgia area now for, um, Longer than, than I think I should have had to have. Um, but, you know, for well, well over a decade now. And this is the only place I've lived while being a parent. So to be a non-fundamental um, religious person in a predominantly fundamental, you know, religious community while trying to raise a child while married to an agnostic Buddhist... It, you know, creates all sorts of interestingness, and um, and once I found that secular community, uh, as small as it was, it was it was such a lifeline. And and they said, you know, the running joke became, I'd say something, and they'd look at me, and I'd go, Oh, I'm sorry, was that inappropriate? <laughs> <laughs> because it was a joke with them but back in the other you know groups I was trying to fit in so my daughter you know had socialization because god forbid they're not socialized um <laughs> that you know I it wasn't appropriate I mean I would get the looks and I would think to myself oh and I was trying to be so good and I still managed it. you know <laughs> so it became a running joke and then they said you need to you need to write a blog and I was like why would I write a blog I don't have anything to say. And they're like, are you kidding? You have something to say about everything. <laughs> and, and they're like, but you're funny. So that's why people would listen. And I'm like, nobody's going to listen, but okay, fine, whatever. I'll start a blog. I'll call it the inappropriate homeschooler. And I did. And, you know, it was uh, September. I I'll, I only remember this because it was odd that it ended up being the same date. You know, it was 9-11. It was September 11th of of 2012 that I launched the blog. And so it's only been a year and, Whatever that is, math isn't my strong suit. A year and eight months, or something like that, and it was just a place to kind of, you know, be even more who I was. I never thought anybody was going to read it except my friends. You know, I mean, I never, I never expected any of this, and um, and certainly didn't do it with this intent. But anyway, it come to find out there were a lot more moms out there like me than I ever, you know, homeschooling moms specifically um, than I ever expected. And um, I, I got some, you know, pretty decent and positive feedback from the whole experience. You know, there's always a. I'm trying to think of an of an appropriate way to say this. You know, there's, there's always that one or two, <clears throat> bleep, you know, who give you some sort of feedback that you think, "What a bleep!" But <laughs> you know, they. I, it was all good feedback, and then and then somebody said you should have a Facebook page you know become an inappropriate homeschooler on Facebook you'll get you know your blog will get more attention I think you could reach more people I think there's a lot of people out there who would enjoy you blah 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 and again I was just it was one of those things where you go sure it's like somebody you know offers you the fifth beer at the at, you know at the frat party like another sure why not you know you're not thinking about like oh I'm not gonna be able to drive home later you know <laughs> you're not thinking <laughs> of the long-term consequences of anything and I did it and you know I went from you know like my 20 friends that were fans to, you know, and it's still a small page and I don't expect it to ever be anything, you know, huge because it's a very, it's a very specific, you know, niche in the market. (laughs) Being an inappropriate homeschooler uh, is not uh, everyone's, you know, thing and certainly not everyone's cup of tea, nor am I everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, it grew to where it did and then I was getting more messages people were wanting. I wish there was a group I could join. I wish there were inappropriate homeschoolers in where I live, you know, that sort of stuff. And finally I decided, well, if we can't have it in real life, let's have it on, you know, on on the Internet where everything else, you know, happens. And that's where the inappropriate homeschooler support group came from was uh, from, you know, those 20 or 30 or 40 people asking for it. And now I have to work hard, I should say my team, because they run that so much more than I do now, but, um, you know, we kind of work hard at keeping the numbers down. We don't just let anyone into that group. It is a select group. It is, it's, it's exclusive, mm-hmm. and that's because we learned early on to, because that's only been up and running about eight months now, we, you know, we learned early on that um, sometimes people join for all the wrong reasons. You know, they're looking to to stir up something or to cause something or, you know, to whatever the case may be. And I've worked very, very hard and will continue to work very hard to make sure that, that that group is the safe haven so that when you have that day where your kid does something you never believed they would do and you literally want to string them up by their boots, that you can vent about that and not get any kind of judgment or be considered a bad mom or, you know, that we can, like family and friends, you know, we look at you and go, no, you have a good life, but it was a bad day and we totally understand. And if you don't understand why your friend's venting, you scroll on by, you know, kind of thing. So that's how the group came to be. And really the only reason why that's even important or relevant to this um, particular interview is because that's where Nash ended up I won't say, I won't say that the I won't say that the idea of it was conceived in there, um, but that's where that's where the conception labored, and and will be delivered, with mm-hmm. with IHers, and that's what we refer to ourselves as, as IHers, inappropriate homeschoolers, uh-huh. and um, they're the ones, you know, Nash is its own freestanding entity mm-hmm. that is meant for secular homeschoolers. Will it be everyone's? cup of tea or will it manage to satisfy every secular homeschoolers need want or desire of course not no organization can do that i mean our our u.s government can't do that so i don't think that Mm -hmm. we should expect nash to be able to accomplish what our own government or you know political parties can't accomplish um Mm -hmm. but the the ihers need the credit for the work and the devotion and the time and the talent and the energies that they've put into trying to make this what it make this what it's going to be and what we're trying to make it. And um, that's why the inappropriate homeschooler even has anything to do with Nash at all. Right. And so I am the inappropriate homeschooler and I, um, I am proud of that. And I am, I will continue to be the inappropriate homeschooler, but that doesn't mean that I can't be other things like, represent Nash to the best of my abilities, just as all the other team of twenty some volunteers we have now are trying to do, right. right.
1: so, so, yeah, let's talk more about Nash then,. Uh, so how and why was Nash born?
2: Well, it, within a short amount of time of joining the homeschooling community, which I did back in two thousand and nine, my daughter, who we refer to fondly as punky, um especially mm-hmm. especially in public, and that's what, that you know, that's what the blog, that's what she's called in the blog and that's what she's called in the group, you know, punky. She was in second grade and just the start of second grade. And she went very quickly from loving school to hating it. And oh. I went very quickly from knowing about homeschooling in that way that we know about things that we never expect to have touch our lives kind of thing. Right. And, you know, went from that and having a friend or two here and there who homeschooled you know, in a period of two weeks going from that to homeschooling. So, um, because I have a tendency to, once I make up my mind about something, I don't see any reason to drag my heels about it. So once we knew we were going to homeschool her, once we knew she was miserable, once I wanted to pull her as soon as possible so that her love of learning and her spark for life wasn't completely destroyed, then, you know, we were homeschoolers. And the only, as I, you know, said, the only resources locally were were, um, religious resources, you know, religious groups, religious co-ops. Uh, I didn't know Jack about curriculum. I didn't know hardly Jack about anything. Let's be honest. I just knew that homeschooling was legal and I could do it. And, and, um, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know about secular. I didn't, I hadn't heard the term secular homeschooling. I didn't know if you had said that to me in 2009, I would have been like, ooh, that sounds interesting. What's that? You know, because Mm -hmm. I, you know, so everything was, everything was the, was the Christian based and I made some friends and don't get me wrong. I still have good friends. Good. I mean, good friends. Um, and some I've had for years and years who were, who were devout, you know, followers of their faith, be they Christian or, or Jew, um, pagan, you know, Buddhist. Um, and I have no problem with, uh, with people of faith. I don't want to give that impression. Um, Right. I like to poke fun at sometimes, you know, the belief systems or whatever, but I poke fun <laughs> at it in the same way that I poke fun at anything that to me has absurdity to it. You know, and if you can't right. if you can't take the, you know, you can't be honest about the what's funny about things, then, well, your life isn't as fun as mine is all I can think to say. Um, <laughs> because my mother, one of my mother's words of wisdom was always, you know, um, she who can laugh at herself will never cease to be amused. Um, right, <laughs> and I try to live by that particular <laughs> and I've been <laughs> laughing now for 40 some years uh, but anyway um, so I, in my mind I was trying to fit in you know in a place that I didn't but I was doing it because I, I needed that support I needed you know you're just starting out you don't know anything you need you need some resources you need some backup you need some oh, you know guidance you need you need you need you need kind of thing can't do it alone no you can't and uh and my husband was just as he was you know nodding nodding his head going you know this is what we need to do but okay how do we do that you know kind of thing and I mean I was online I was researching I was finding stuff I was putting stuff together but I look back on that now you know five years later and I laugh at the fact that it's just you know homeschooling is just like motherhood it is not a sprint you know it's a marathon and you are not going to learn or know everything you need to know no matter how much research you do you know in that first month or that first year you know i'm sure that mm-hmm. 5 years from now i'm going to be amazed at how at how much i thought i knew today and i know so much yeah. more today than i knew 5 years ago you know about homeschooling but oh, yeah. um so anyways you so are trying to fit in with that with that group or whatever there were no other options i didn't know i didn't know that there was curriculum that wasn't um you know, religious based, right. And I didn't like the religious based curriculum. And I refused mm-hmm. I refused to use it. So I went, um, you know, looking for alternative resources. And, you know, and, and did my research and dug and dug and dug and found and, and then of course, meanwhile, you know, you're trying to figure out your child's all that stuff you didn't think about before. What's my child's learning style? And, you know, should we, mm-hmm. should we be unit study based? Or should we be eclectic? Or should we be, you know, all those different things that you're just, you can actually become very overwhelmed by you know, oh yeah the choices and and then those darn kids you know once you figure out what works then they change their mind and that doesn't work anymore <laughs> and yeah. so it just like you know just like everything else with motherhood it's just oh yeah it's never ending no i love her i love, yeah. her, I love her i love her she's great <laughs> she's great she's my reason for she's my reason but anyway so um it was then, it was while I was still in the quagmire of that environment, that homeschooling environment, that I thought, oh my, Darwin, is there not anything out there for people who aren't religious? Yeah, yeah. And that was where, and then the blog came along, and then I started blogging. And then I started talking, and if you go back, not that I'm not, yeah, but if anyone were to go back and look at some of the earlier blogs, some of them are quite <laughs> ranty, <laughs> Um and, and probably sound a little angry and bitter. Um, but that's, Why not? but you know what? That's where I was in that moment. And, sure. and, and sometimes I'm still, sometimes I, I still have that. I think I've learned to turn that level of uh, into the passion for, you know, what we're doing. Um, oh, sure. but yeah, so that's really, I think in my heart anyway, that's where Nash was born. It didn't have a name yet. Um, right. but when I went searching for, the non religious alternatives to homeschooling. And then of course, you know, stumbled onto um, as we stumble onto everything practically in the, you know, in the homeschooling world, you just find things, thank God. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I stumbled onto secularhomeschool.com. And so that oh, that yeah. was a resource. Um, and it's a and it's a I'm not it's a great resource. So there's my plug, you know, the inappropriate homeschooler, the representative Nash totally supports um, and appreciates what secularhomeschool.com does. Um, but it, but it, it didn't answer all of my, you know, it didn't address all my needs as, as no one thing can. And I think that's kind of the point. You know, if everybody liked only strawberry ice cream, (laughs) then oh my God, there'd never be, there would have never been chocolate. And what a sad and what a sad world that would be, you know. Not a life worth living. Exactly. That. Not a life worth living. And then for people like me who can never make up their mind <laughs> and I like to have lots of options. Um and what I just cursed. I'm sorry. Um That's okay. It um,
1: that was a mild one. Okay, good. Because yeah, that's nothing in
2: my household. Let me tell you I know. Um,
1: I, I read the group.
2: <laughs> that's right, I forget. You are an inappropriate <laughs> homeschooler. Um and then of course so then you have the you know, you have folks like me um, that we, you know, we want it all, so we buy the Neapolitan. You know, we've got to have the vanilla and the chocolate right. and the strawberry. And of course, <laughs> you know, you've got your rocky roads of life and, you know, those sort of things. <laughs> um, and your bubblegum pop and different things. But that's where the fact that we're all different and we need different things, that's the, that's part of the beauty of the human experience. And so, com, while it offered me a lot of help in the very you know in that very beginning and was amazing um it still didn't you know address some of my like I was I was wondering where the voice for secular homeschoolers was the same way that the religious homeschoolers had um their organization you know their national oh right and I'm always I'm horrible about about you know I'm lucky that's why I called it Nash because it's actually a word it's not just an acronym I can say the word Nash oh. <laughs> Yeah. I needed that because I'm horrible about You know, like how scuba became a word. Thank God, because I can't remember what scuba stands for. Who knows that stuff? You know, (laughs) Uh, I know every homeschooling mother out there right now is going, she doesn't know what scuba stands for. How can she call herself a homeschooler? Uh I (laughs) actually do. Self contained underwater breathing apparatus. And no, I didn't Google and cheat. So, (laughs) Uh, wow, you do. I do. And I can also recite the beginning of the Gettysburg Address and um, the. the preamble to the United States Constitution. If that would impress anybody,
1: well, that one we can all sing. Yeah,
2: right. Exactly. <laughs> Schoolhouse rocks, rocks. Yep. And we could all explain how a bill becomes a law as long as we can sing about it too, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so in in the world that is Facebook, and uh, the world that is. Uh, what is it that we are? Homeschooling support net, you know, Facebook stuff. You know, you're, you're constantly right. Googling for pages that can help you, groups that you can join, you know, all that sort of thing. And oh, yeah. I resisted Facebook for, you know, quite a while. And then once I started homeschooling, I was like, wow, there's just probably too much on Facebook to ignore Facebook any longer sort of oh, thing. Yeah. um And so it was in one of those groups, one of those larger um, support groups that I thought was fabulous at the time. Um, That the conversations were being had about how there wasn't enough for secular homeschoolers. There wasn't enough, um, support. There wasn't enough, um, curriculum. There wasn't enough representation in the media. And that was one of, that was one of my big sticklers. I was, and, and blog posts have come out of this particular peeve of mine and sometimes probably written in ways that make me seem like I'm (laughs) angry. But, (laughs) <laughs> it was frustrating to me to to have to live under that assumption, you know, that I was I was oh, yeah. I was one thing just because I happened to be something else. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've been a big supporter of. I'm just a supporter of civil rights. Let me just you ask who the inappropriate homeschooler was. That's probably where I've gotten other than the offensive Sunday inappropriate me that I post every week that, <laughs> that pisses somebody off, or certain somebodies, or a number of somebodies. Um I just from the from the time I can remember, um, I mean, back when I was young, you know, I'm the I'm the guy who's going to fight for the underdog. I would have been the one, you know, who would have told whoever told Rosa Parks to sit at the back of the bus. Why don't you go sit at the back of the bus? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just it's just part of who I am. It's part of my makeup. I believe that if it's a right for one in order to be a right, it has to be a right for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't care what your particular, and by you, of course, I'm speaking in complete generalizations here, I don't care what anyone's particular belief system or personal, you know, ideology is, Um, you can, and I've said this before, you can think that, let's just take homosexuality, you can think homosexuality is, I don't know, an affront to to Mother Nature. Um, You can think that all day long. I'm going to think that, what you what your opinion is is bs but hey you know it's your opinion and you have a right to your opinion what you don't have a right to right to is to take what you believe and make that somehow a law for against everybody oh yeah and that's where my indignant you know indignancy and sort of soapboxy type behavior comes into play and I was attracting because I, I used to make the joke, you know. It was kind of like um, I'm a huge Sex in the City fan when it used to air, and you know, she Samantha told her one client or whatever, you know, first the girls and then the gays, and once you get the gays, you're you're gold, kind of thing. And <laughs> you know, of course, I got the girls, the women, you know, were coming to the page, and 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 then once I started getting the gays, I was like, oh, score, you know. I mean, <laughs> um. And I was finding out that there was actually a large, homo- uh, a large homosexual population in the homeschooling community, unbeknownst huh. to, you know, the um, conservative mainstream religious <laughs> homeschooling community, I'm sure. And they started sending me their stories. You know, I tried to go to the Southeast Expo, and I and I'm horrible at remembering names of things. I'm sorry, but the Southeast Expo, something something or other, in Georgia, um, mm-hmm. huge conference in Atlanta. I guess happens once a year. I don't know when. I would have never been interested in going because it's clearly a, a religious conference. But this person had tried to go, and she, um, knowing I was in Georgia, because I have blogged about being stuck in the deep south, you know, before. Um, said, you know, I just thought maybe you'd be interested in knowing that this conference that is being held, you know, less than two hours from where you live, this is my experience with them. And so I was getting those kind of stories. And of course, they were making my jaw drop to a certain degree, because I was like, you've got, well, I can't say what I said, because again, it's inappropriate. But you know, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. This is really in today's, I mean, I knew, I knew that there was that But I I guess it was it was eye opening to me to see how that what I was thinking of is that little religious contingency was really it just permeated the whole movement, you know, of homeschooling. And yeah, you know, that really it lit a fire under me. I didn't I didn't appreciate that. I didn't appreciate what the stories I was hearing and how people were being treated. And and then once I sort of, you know, Put myself out there as the champion of that, and anything else that was a, you know, a human's right, human rights issue, or what have you. It just kept, it just kept fueling what I thought this organization should be in my head, and and I'm sure that what I have in my mind is, is you know, like beyond scope. You know, like people, I mean, people will say can we start here? Because that's like, wow, you know, I'm like, yes, I know, I know, I know. But I'm very forward thinking and I'm just saying this is what I hope. Um, And all that was being discussed basically in its own little individual conversations, you know, in these groups. And then, you know, basically it seemed like there was enough people that were like, yeah, we really do, we really do, that I said, well, you know, I've been mulling on this for a while now and I sort of have an idea for a name and I sort of have an idea for what the organization would be um would you like me to go ahead and like kind of put that down you know pen to paper and share it with everybody oh yeah yeah that would be fabulous so i did and i named it the national Alliance of secular homeschoolers knowing that we would have to start at a national level obviously because that's where we live where i live and that's the homeschooling laws that you know we have we have to you know to deal with and the policies and education all that stuff um and i wrote a little i don't know like a treatise or whatever which was a blog post too and there you have it. But, you know, as things have a tendency to happen, um, for various reasons, people are busy. We're all homeschooling our families. You know, we have, we have, some of us have outside jobs. I mean, we have lives. It, nothing really ever came of it. I mean, it was still talked about here and there and stuff, you know, and then that the owner of that particular Facebook group, I guess she felt like she owned the, 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 the name and the, and the idea. And I disagree with her on that. And so, you know, that's where some of the, you know, conversations come from that you can sometimes find on Facebook. But um, yeah. but none of that mattered in the large scheme of things. My whole thing was if somebody would do something with it, then that's all that matters, <laughs> you know, if it would move forward. And it didn't, right. and, it, and it sat there for a year. And what finally caused it to start moving forward again was the inappropriate answers. It was the conversation right. in that group. About, um, let's all get together in real life. Wouldn't that be fabulous? You know, if we could all meet. And because we bonded and we were friends and we wanted to. And, and so somebody stepped up and, and I said, sure. I said, you know, I kind of half tongue in cheek said, you, you know, you throw a party and invite me. I'll be there. You know, just make sure that I can get there kind of thing. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then the next thing I knew it, there were people making that happen. And it was going to just be that. That's what it was going to be. It was just going to be this inappropriate homeschooler thing, which is where you can hear some of the conversations in the community. You know, that's just for them. That's just their thing. You know what? Yes, right. it was. It was just our thing. It was just our thing. It was just a place for inappropriate homeschoolers. So our kids could meet other kids who were being parented by inappropriate homeschoolers and, you know, we could be with among our people. But then the conversation kept furthering. And the NASH stuff came up, you know, in the, and the, and the, we need to, I wish somebody would do this. I wish there was that. I wish we could find this. I wish we could find that and all that kind of stuff. And it just, I can't honestly tell you who it was. It was just a collaboration of, I'm sure at some point I said, you know, I have this blog post I wrote, you know, kind of thing. And this, Uh this organization I gave a name to that doesn't even exist yet, you know, kind of thing. And it just, the inappropriate homeschoolers just went fabulous let's do that and so we thought basically we were going to hold this inappropriate homeschooling get together and sort of talk about nash well nash started Uh to kind of take on a life of its own i was getting i was now getting contacted by people about it instead of having to search people out um vendors and secularhomeschool.com you know that made me think maybe this you know i started to become very uh, very very um passionate Yes, very passionate about the idea that maybe now was the time, you know, maybe that, you know, Mm -hmm. when, when it was sort of starting to come to me and come to us a little bit, rather than us having to knock on doors consistently, maybe this was really something that not just inappropriate homeschoolers. You know, would be interested in that. Wanted it. Maybe really now is the time, and maybe a year and a half ago wasn't the right time. But maybe things have changed enough now that this is, or you know, and the only, and the reason why the inappropriate homeschooler was originally and still is involved. I'll be honest because I am the keynote speaker um, at the convention at the conference, um, and the mm-hmm. name of my you know keynote address is you know inappropriate homeschooling with the inappropriate homeschooler. So, uh, and then I am also the one who is hosting the adult-only uh, cocktail reception for inappropriate homeschoolers that anyone, of course, can attend. But there is a little inappropriateness then involved at this, you know, in the in the conference here or there. Um, but it just grew into something where it became it was more about Nash, and I was absolutely and continue to be absolutely fine with that because Nash is what matters. It just so happened that I had three thousand followers. As the inappropriate homeschooler. Huh. You know what I mean? That's what it was. It was a platform. Yeah. No matter how small of a platform it was, it was a platform. Nobody else had a platform that was willing or was standing up to say, yeah, we'll move this forward. Now they are now. I'm not, I'm, you know, like com has been great to us. And, you know, we've gotten uh-huh. some excellent vendors um, lined up and, you know, more in the works. But, you know, we have, um, is it okay to talk about that? The vendors? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we have, um, for the conference right now, you know, Pandia Press, which I adore. Yay, I adore. Um, So do we. So, you know, Pandia Press, and um, I cannot wait to meet Kate in real life um, from the uh, couple of uh, conversations we've had and then, you know, messaging and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've got Pandia Press, which to me, I mean, they were the first one we got. And I told my uh, director of operations, Tina Harden, um, who, by the way, could not be doing this without her. Cannot sing. I mean, I, I can't sing the praises of everyone involved enough. Um, everyone is is special and unique and brings so much to the table. Um, but Tina Harden is the one who, from the get go, said to me, "No, this could be something. Let's let's work on this. This could be something. Let's. I'll put this together. I'll. You know, she was the one who really was boots on the ground, making that the actual all the boring work. You know, the 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 logistics and the the register, all that stuff. She was she was doing all that to make this happen, and that and so much more. So she, there would be no Nash without Tina Harden, and she is the director of operations for Nash. Um, but oh. when we got Pandia Press, I just happened to be there in Jacksonville with her when that happened, and we were like crazy fools dancing around her house because, as far as we were concerned, <laughs> we had just scored. Like, I mean, I was trying to explain it to my <laughs> husband, who, you know. I don't know how other husbands are. I'm sure there are those that are very, very involved in their children's homeschooling experience. My husband knows that we homeschool and he supports the fact that we homeschool and he'll help with the the math problems. But, you know, he doesn't Uh know Pandia Press from, you know, a panda at the zoo. I'm sorry. You know, he's just, you know, that's just, that's just (laughs) him being, you know, I love him and he's supportive, but that's just him being him. Right. Not his world. Exactly. It's not his world. So I was, you know, I was trying to explain to him, we got Pandia Press, you know, and he was like, well, I don't know what that means. So I was trying to find like a, you know, like a, his world, re, you know, re, uh, correlation. Yeah. I felt like, you know, we got a rock star <laughs> to come to the conference. I'm like, holy Darwin, we've got Pandia Press, <laughs> you know, and then, and then the next, you know, then we got build your own library and I was oh, yeah. like, holy, you know, this is <laughs> wow, you know, and then, um, and then we got, uh, you know, my homeschool grades. And John, it, it's just – he's had wonderful ideas. He and Tina are working together, and some of the stuff that he's brought to the table on top of bringing his own – you know, being a vendor at the conference um, has just been fabulous. And then, you know, the day that I took the phone call from the CEO of Time for Learning, I was like, wow, this feels important. You know, I mean <laughs> – and so, all these different little things, that, and then, of course, you know, time for learning became our our final prime vendor. We had four slots available, and and those four were filled and it, and that's what I mean by the 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 seemingly little things that were happening that just kept motivating us to moving the direct move this along it this is now's the time now's the time now's the time and of course we have other vendors coming um you know we've got us born books is going to be there um a plus is going to be there. kid quest science adventures lifelong educational opportunities we have some who can't actually be at the conference but they're buying ad space or they're going to provide vendor bags. um we're in conversation now you know this is not my department I, uh, I can't mm-hmm. be everywhere doing everything. I try to keep on top of everything as much as possible. But sometimes those agreements are made quickly and I haven't been notified yet. But I know that we're in conversation with Brave Writer. Um, oh, I know that, I, and I excellent. can't say for sure what that conversation is. You know, if it's just going to, if it's going to mm-hmm. be thank you, but no thank you. Or if it's going to be, you know, we can't do this, but we can do that. You know, that kind of thing. But I know that we're in conversation with Brave Writer. And I know that um, there's uh, several um, science Specific, um, I know that uh, we're, we're talking to Elemental Science, which, of course, is sort of uh, the partner of uh, Build Your Own Library. She recommends them in her curriculum, and we thought that would be great if we could have them there. Um, and so we're, you know, I mean, we're just talking to... I've combed, and so has everyone else, the Internet for um, secular homeschooling resources, not just curriculum, but just resources um, to be vendors at this thing. Um, and those who are going to come out and support us now, you know, then are going to, of course, have prime select offerings for uh, the spring when we actually hope to launch, well, I shouldn't say hope, we plan to, uh, the, the first actual convention for, that NASH has. Um, because this fall is just, is a conference. It's a small gathering. It's a chance to do our planning sessions, to finalize our board, to finalize our bylaws, you know, to get all that necessary, lots of work, yeah, in place to get all the all the necessary (laughs) documentation, all the necessary, everything in place. Um, that's what this is now become the focus of. And then of course, on top of that, we are having the vendors and then of course, we're going to offer some workshops and some children's activities, but the focus of this is Nash and. And Uh the importance of this conference is, if you want your voice to be heard, if you want to tell us what you'd like to see NASH be, if you want to volunteer with NASH, um, if you have very strong opinions or suggestions, but can't attend, we want to hear from you. I'm making notes of every single thing that's been said to us so far on the uh, the forum at uh, secularhomeschool.com, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that when we sit down for those executive sessions, we can say, you know, this was brought up, this concern was brought. You know, we want to address as much as we can as we literally finalize what is Nash, who, what's it going to be, what's it going to represent. But in the interim the, you know, 15 of us that are, you know, we've got, I don't want to say 10, 10 slots on the board right now that are filled, you know, the 10 of us plus the other 10 to 20 that we have working as uh, staff volunteers, you know, we wanted to have something now to present so people would see that we were serious, you know, that it was really something, which is why we have the website that we do and it says everything that it says, um, because we wanted at least to have that out there for people to take a look at and oh, sure, yeah you know yeah. i know we we've, we've gotten a few you know uh, some uh, we've gotten several actually not just a few we've gotten actually several um very helpful suggestions and ideas already that have come in as a result of you know getting the word out to more and more secular homeschoolers and and uh-huh. i can see, i can actually see where nash will become not just what you know, I envisioned it to be when I first thought of it or what any anyone else on the team envisions it to be or what any one member envisions it to be. I can see it becoming something more and and different, but better. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's going to be...
1: It'll evolve. Exactly.
2: It's going to be this living, yeah. breathing, evolving entity. Um, and for those who it, it represents what they want, and how they want to be represented in in secular homeschooling, then it's going to be fabulous, you know, kind of thing. I just wanted to say that um, to show appreciation, of course, to the two of you, you savvy homeschool moms, you, (laughs) um, and of course to show appreciation to your fans, your listeners, Mm -hmm. uh, the National Alliance of Secular Homeschoolers um, on our website, of course, under conference, the tab conference, you can register to attend, in uh september in atlanta and we wanted to offer your listeners a discount uh regular price right now is uh 150 for adult and i want to say 85 for children isn't that terrible that i can't say that with more confidence um <laughs> but for the discounted rate of 125 for adult and 70 for children good until june 20th if they use the code nash n-a-s-h savvy moms okay So any of your listeners want to attend the conference, and we would absolutely be thrilled to have them there, they can use that coupon code, and it'll be good until the 20th of June um, for those discounted prices.
1: Awesome. Wonderful. So that's Nash, N-A-S-H-S-A-V-V-Y-M-O-M-S for everybody. Yes. That is the coupon code. And we'll put that in the show notes, too, with the link. Wonderful. Thank you so much. One last note, that coupon has been pushed back and now is good through June 30th.
0: So we hope you enjoyed part one of our interview with Mary Beth Buckroth and join us next time for part two. And so, Tina, what have you guys been reading?
1: Well, let's see. We finished The Journal of William Thomas Emerson, A Revolutionary War Patriot by Barry Dennenberg, And that's uh, My Name is America series. That's that one of the many series of uh, historical fictions they have for kids. And then we finished also just just yesterday, actually, The Winter of Red Snow, the Revolutionary War Journal of mm-hmm. Abigail Jane Stewart, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, 1777. It's a long title. It is a long title. <laughs> By Christiana Gregory, and that's a Dear America series. I do like how the Dear America series puts the date right on the front, though. That's That's pretty cool when you're browsing, trying to find something that fits the era that you're in. Right. So that I think for now, I think we've probably done enough with the Revolutionary War for now. I don't want to make the kids sick of it, so we'll move on to something else. I haven't decided. I keep thinking I want to do Harry Potter with them next. I don't know what I'm going to read to them tonight. Um, But Maven keeps thinking that it's going to be too scary for Tyrion, so we'll see. Because I read them to her when she was 10 or 11 it was 2011 so she was 10 going on 11 and uh some of it freaked her out but i'm thinking she's remembering the last book because the last book is pretty scary yeah (laughs) some pretty that's two books are really pretty intense so i don't know we'll see so uh let's see maven finished the battle for wandala by tony Dieterlitzi. and she also read the familiars by adam j epstein Which um The Familiars was a book that she had found at the library on the shelf, which is if you know my daughter, is an odd thing that she actually browsed the shelves. (laughs) <laughs> she actually went to the shelves and she actually found some books that she wanted. And she grabbed all four of this series. Cause they had all four of the familiars. She read book one and she decided she didn't like it and she's not going to read the rest. But oh I asked her why. And she said, she didn't think it was very well written. So <laughs> I didn't have time to dig in and ask her what, what exactly that means to her. But I thought it was pretty interesting that my 13 year old decided that that book was not very well written. So <laughs> that tells you the kind of good quality books she usually reads. <laughs> yeah. which is pretty cool. So, uh, and now she's working her way through, she's over, I think she's over halfway through Inkheart by Cornelia Funk. And I loved that book when I read it. So I hope she loves it as much as I did. So far, she hasn't really gotten as much into it as I had. But I think that one, if I remember correctly, took a little bit to get into. So It did. It, but it's a really, really good book. Oh, my God. The whole series is so good. So yeah, I just I don't remember even any of the details she was telling me. Some of it I just got to the part where da, 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 I'm like, I totally don't even remember any of that. So <laughs> I'm gonna read it again, but I remember when I was reading it, I couldn't put it down, and I had to go get the next books like right away. So I'm really excited that she's gonna get to get a chance to, you know, experience that whole plot and all that stuff. So uh, let's see, and then Tyrion finished Rowan and the Ice Creepers by Emily Rada, and he's currently working on. I don't know how you say this. I'm going to say grimoire because it looks like memoir, yeah. but grimoire. I it, think is grimoire. it is grimoire. Okay. Grimoire by Brad Strickland. And that was another funny thing because he actually found that on the shelf the same trip. <laughs> Even and Tyr and I got a picture I posted on Facebook of them with books in their hands because they almost never pick their chapter books. I picked yeah. them for them. They just don't, they don't want to. So I finally got them to browse the shelves while we were there. And uh, they actually found some books. So that was pretty cool. cool. He got the first two books in that series. I don't know if there's more or not. I haven't looked, but so he's working on that. He's slowly working on that one. And for me, I also read The Battle for Wandala, which is the final series, uh, final book in the Wandala series by Tony D. Terlizzi. And um, oh my gosh, it was so good. It was such a good ending for the series. And I was, I highly recommend the Wandala series because, and this is the same guy that wrote, I'm pretty sure this is the same author as the um, Spiderwick Chronicles. So, if you're familiar with that, this is this is another series for older kids because Spiderwick is kind of aimed at younger, and uh, uh, this they're shorter. This one, these are longer, and they're so good. Oh my gosh, such a good, and it was more sci-fi, less fantasy. It was all, it was aliens and and technology and stuff. A lot of technology. Oh my gosh, the technology in this book. (laughs) But being able to have a suit that actually heals you, like if you get a cut, you like pull this cuff over your hand, if you got a cut on your hand, and it like heals your hand. (laughs) I was like, we need that.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think we're far off from that kind of technology, but (laughs) (laughs) oh well. And then I got the audiobook for Son of a Witch, which is the sequel to Wicked, which is the book that the play, the Broadway play, was based on, by Gregory Maguire. And oh my gosh, I actually think I liked Son of a Witch better than Wicked. I'm not sure exactly why. I really liked the character, the main character, the son. Um, And uh, it's just, wow. I just really liked it. And there's one more. No, there's two more, actually. There's two more books. And so um waiting for... The next one, I think, is, is all about the lion. So that should be interesting. Um, but this book, Son of a Witch, ended with this big reveal, like, da-da-da kind of thing. And I'm like, no, I have to get the next book now. <laughs> can't, you can't just leave it like that. No. I won't say anything because it'll totally ruin it. But I was like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm waiting for that to come in. Um, so while I'm waiting, <laughs> I listened to, I always do everything on audio so I can multitask. I listened to all, a lot of this was the reason I got so many books in this time was because of all that kitchen cleaning, you know? Oh, right. <laughs> um, I listened to The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. That was really good, but weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good. I would definitely say good. I would not say, wow, that was so good. Like, it wasn't quite to that quality because it was so weird, but, um, but, yeah, it was good. I liked it. And then I just, like yesterday <laughs> and today, listened to, fortunately, The Milk, which is also by Neil Gaiman. Did not like that one because it was far too little kid kid silly for me. But I didn't know it was a kid book when I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine my surprise as
0: I'm like, what is this whole thing with the milk? What's with the stupid milk? <laughs> well, you should have had a guess when it was like, what, 20 minutes long or whatever? Well, or- I didn't.
1: I don't on that on Overdrive. I can't tell. I maybe I'm just not looking. I'm kind of confused by that app still. I'm I'm not. I can't figure out how much time, like the entire book is when I look at it. So ah uh,
0: yeah, this his kids' books on the audio. They aren't very long at all.
1: Yeah, well, luckily it wasn't long, so I actually only kind of half listened to like half of it. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> uh, the talking
0: about milk again. <laughs>
1: <I know. laughs> what's, with the, what's with the what is with the, the 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 hot air balloon that's called the roundy thing that holds. <laughs> <laughs> what did he call it? it's just it's just a silly book if if your kids like silly books this is a really i definitely was thinking that i need to li- uh have my kids listen to this because it was very cute in the sense that it's des- definitely designed for children and uh it was very silly it's all about this guy who had to go get milk for his kid and he made up this whole entire story about how what kept him <laughs> what took him so long bringing the milk home <laughs> Yeah. This gigantically huge story evolved as to all these aliens and time travel. and <laughs> <laughs> But great for kids. I know my eight-year-old is going to absolutely love this (laughs) so but me not so much but anyway so that's what i've been reading what have you guys been reading
0: (laughs) um well it's been a sad sad book week for books (laughs) here or a couple of weeks here at at guest academy um i picked up the tales of the beetle bard by jk rowling um which is the book if you remember that dumbledore gives to hermione oh
1: yeah i was thinking it sounded familiar
0: yeah um i read it when it first came out and you know danielle's reading uh, Harry Potter right now, so I thought this might be fun to read together. Sure, but we haven't actually started it yet. Mm-hmm. And um Danielle finished Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, and now we are patiently—or not so patiently—waiting for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows to come the into final. the library. Yes. <laughs> Have to have to um, get that one. It's been so funny because she's like, uh, she comes in and asks me these questions, you know, like, who's the Half-Blood Prince? I, it's got to be Voldemort because it can't be, you know, Malfoy because he's a pure-blood. And, and I'm like, you know, zipping my lip. I'm not telling you what's going on. I'm not going to no give way. you any spoilers. And, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be very strong. <laughs> and, <laughs> And, and then there was another major thing that happened, which I don't want to spoil it for anyone else who hasn't read it, but realistically, it's 10 freaking years old. If you haven't read it by now, <laughs> know, no right? be spoiled. be spoiled. But just in case there are children listening who haven't, there was the very sad thing that happened yes, in the Half-Blood yes. Prince. Right. And um, so I had to talk her down from that and explain to her that it all is for a reason and it's all good and it will all work out at the end. <laughs> but yeah, it's been very, it's been very heart wrenching going through all of this with her. You know, her experiencing all of it for the first time because I'm remembering when I experienced it all for the first time. Mm,
1: yeah, and I, I just started watching the movies again, so I'm kind of in the middle of it again.
0: <laughs> we we read a book. Well, she reads a book and then we watch the movie and then read a book and then watch the movie and then read a book That's and then I was watch the movie. Thinking
1: of doing. But yeah, we'll have to decide whether or not Tieran can handle it. I'm not sure.
0: Yes. <laughs> and then um, with Jack Jack's um, reading program, we um, of course we we read together all the time. But we're supposed to be reading something specific, you know, like for 20 minutes a day, and it's got to be like the same thing for a while. Because mm-hmm. normally, our like when we read together, it's like little tiny short books, and mm-hmm. and or like single words out of books. Like mm-hmm. he'll point and have me read. Um, so we are starting Secret Agent Jack's. Doll Word, The Escape of the Deadly Dinosaur (laughs) by Elizabeth Singer Hunt. I literally just picked it up because the cover looked really awesome. Hmm. And I will let you all know how it is. There are several books in this series, Destination Australia, Destination France, Destination England, and um, it's got pictures and everything in it. And it's not, you know, super text thick. But it's got a lot of, like, there's whole pages about the dinosaurs that he encounters and about the equipment that he uses and everything. So it's like Magic School Bus, without being as annoying, I hope. And, <laughs> and it's got the, you know, Magic School Bus has the notebooks that have the, all the technical stuff in it. It has it, has it right in the book. Cool. So I don't know. It looks interesting. And um, we're going to be starting that on Monday. And I'll let you guys know how it goes. And me, I am reading Dust by Hugh Howey. It's the last part of the Silo series, and I'm listening to a really trashy romance novel that I don't wish to share. (laughs) Well, good. (laughs) You know, everyone has a vice and one of my vices is every once in a while I have to listen to a trashy romance novel and I really like Sherilyn Kenyon and she writes some really good ones and so anyone who's listening to the show who knows who Sherilyn Kenyon is will probably know what I'm talking about but um, she has like this huge list of books that are all in the same universe and um, I really enjoy those and um, they're good for audiobook listening when I'm doing other things because they really require like so little brain cells to um, to keep track yeah. of what's going on. It's always nice.
1: <laughs> yes. It's nice to give your brain cells a break from it, time to time.
0: It really is, especially since I'm always juggling at least two books, if not more. You know, it's <laughs> nice. <clears throat> so um, we got an interesting email from bobby and she said it would be really helpful to me if you listed who's reading the books that you link so i know which are appropriate for my son at a glance thank you i love your podcast hugs bobby bobby that is a fantastic yeah. idea and you know <laughs> what starting on this episode i will be doing that from now on when i make the show notes i will make sure to notate who's reading what so that way their
1: age too, eight-year-old jack eight-year-old tieran
0: Oh, I totally could do that, yeah. Yeah, because
1: a lot of people won't know how old our kids are. Plus, going back and you know, they'd have to sit there and try and calculate at this on this. Well, oh, right, post, on
0: episode forty. <laughs> how old were her kids? How old were they? You're right. Uh, that's a good idea. So um we will definitely, um, from this point forward be doing that. We except what yeah. my age too. No <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just put adult novel. Oh, wait, that makes it sound really bad, doesn't right? it?
0: You were laughing at me about trashy romance I know. <laughs>
1: So <laughs> um, funny.
0: Yes. So um thank you, Bobby. That's a fantastic idea. We love that idea, and we will be doing that. Yes, definitely. And speaking of books mm-hmm. and trashy audio or trashy romance novels, <laughs> <laughs> if you're planning on purchasing any of the books that we just mentioned from Amazon or Audible, please consider clicking through our affiliate links in the sidebar on our website at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. We have links to Amazon, Audible, Discount School Supply, Clicker Click, and more. It won't cost you anything, and it helps support the show. In fact, I got this latest trashy novel on uh, Audible.com. I went ahead and got myself a new account on Audible.com.
1: Awesome.
0: Yes, because the library didn't have it.
1: <laughs> I clicked through there, through our link, too, when I joined.
0: <laughs> awesome. I got to remember. I keep forgetting for
1: Amazon, though. I got to remember to do that. Clicks this. Every little bit counts.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, I know I'm so bad at remembering to do it for Amazon. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm, I did it for Audible
1: I did, I did do it for my calendar too for the New Year calendar I, uh, I did do that, I clicked through it I don't think we get a whole lot but eh, every little bit counts every little <laughs> bit helps <laughs> Yep. so we're going to skip the links of the week this time um, because our interview is a little bit long so we wanted to make sure to have plenty of time so there we are done with our show already <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I know pretty crazy huh well, it won't be short for them because they will have
0: listened to 45 minutes of our interview. That's <laughs> right. That's right. you got all that.
1: <laughs> so if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all
0: about us. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com and you can find the show notes specific to this episode at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 44. And
1: while you're on our site, you can drop us a note or a voicemail and let us know if you have any ideas for
0: show topics or guests. Bye, everybody. Have a fun week, and come back and take a break with us again next time. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. I don't know, did I? <laughs> I was trying to keep you from losing your train of thought. But... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I forgot what I was going to say.
0: I know. So, I'm, I'm getting too old. <laughs> Good segue. Good segue. Team I was like, team like, team let's team. just move along. <laughs> so, um, we're going to be interviewing Mary Beth Bucklaw today. Is that correct? <laughs> Absolutely correct. <laughs> Let me try our it. Our first, our first stop.
2: <laughs> you, would be, you would be surprised, Becky, what all I will answer to.
0: <laughs> I, I'm the same way. You would believe how many times people call me Betsy. I'm like... Never?
2: (laughs) Is it wrong of me to say that I cannot remember what the question was?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. I actually did that live on the air on an (laughs) interview one. Really fun. Yeah, let me tell you.
0: And I decided I wasn't going to say all that, and I did it anyways. I'm such a dork. (laughs) (laughs) Right after I said I wasn't going to do all of that, I did it anyways. Okay, wait.
1: Anyway, and then I finally got the chance to listen to the second book in The Wiz. The Wiz?
0: The Whiz. The whiz. <laughs> <laughs> I got ease on down the road in my head. Thanks. Michael Jackson is the
1: scarecrow. <laughs> oh my god.